This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Welcome to the Toys R Us Report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Trendsetter, he's better, he's rhymed for good. He's got a gold nameplate that says, I wish he would. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero, but I do sacrifice it of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it's going to get a lot less weak. We are going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Uh... The new Alien movie, this movie I saw called Chuck. We're going to have a summer movie preview. Going to talk about a video store I went to. It's going to be great, but let's start off. Let's get the jump off jumping with the new bit that Engineer Emily and uh, the instant from over in Pod B made. Let me see if I can find it here. I should have had it queued up. All right, here we go. Hit it. Yo, I see robots. Just kick a little something for them cars that you dump in. Call out a ride on the DM. Saturday. Drop this video. Saturday. He'll tag you first. Saturday. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. We were born to be who we are. The bright light from a distant star. All right, gals, thanks for that. That came from Engineer Emily and the Ensign over in Pod B. They they took a bit of John Cougar Mellencamp's classic Jack and Diane, and then they mixed it with uh, an episode of Chicago Law. Is that the name of the show? They really dig that triumphant of Chicago procedurals, the like Chicago medicine and Chicago PD, and then... They're also, like, law and order style detectives, but they're not in Ch- New York near Chicago. These are all, they're all done by Dick Wolf, the guy who's behind Law and Order. They are all Law and Order-esque. I, I don't know, man. I don't, they like them. They, they spend a lot of time over there watching those shows. It's like three days a week they get from the two of them. But I'm glad that they got something out of it as far as, you know, they made a tune for the show. So it's not... All that wasted time. Thanks again. So this past week, I was over in the next town over. Well, it's not the next town over. It's a town after that. It's a town known as Petaluma. It's all right. It's kind of old timey. It really still has like that 40s and 50s vibe. Uh, There was an earthquake and Santa Rosa, the town I live in, was just decimated by this earthquake. But Petaluma survived and... They have since done a really good job of keeping their old building so the town looks the same as it did many moons ago. And because of that, like, 1950s look, that old-timey appearance, they've they filmed a lot of movies over in Petaluma. A lot of stuff you might have seen. Most famously, American Graffiti. 
was filmed over there inventing the Abbots. They filmed some of Peggy Sue Got Married. I've heard they filmed a bit of Howard the Duck and uh, Scream in Petaluma. Now, I know a lot of Screams filmed here in SR, but I do think they did a bit in Petaluma, but I'm not like a million percent sure about that. Anyhow, we we wanted to get out of SR for a bit, just kind of, you know, go somewhere else and hang out there for a bit, but nowhere, nowhere that's going to be like too pricey or too far away. And Petaluma is maybe like 25 minutes, but in a lot of ways, it's it's different than here, so it's fun, and they do have a lot of cool things to do over there. We we hit up this place called uh, Old Chicago Pizza, and we got some some deep dish pizza. It's something I've wanted to do for a while. I've I've tried deep dish a couple times, but I've never had like a solid opinion since I decided to try to become like a a pizza aficionado, and I wanted to. I wanted to give it a go around with a more critical eye, and we went to this place, Old Chicago, to check it out for lunch, and man, I'm gonna say, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I wasn't really sure what I was gonna think. I I know that I love pizza, and I know that I think that the idea of the deep dish pizza is interesting. I like how they put the the cheese and then the sauce on top of the cheese. I think that's I think that's interesting, and I was I was looking forward to checking it out, and the restaurant itself is pretty neat. It's on the second floor, and you can look out the window onto Main Street while you, while you eat your pie, and man, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed it. When, when we lived in Illinois, we would get pizza, and my family always preferred the thin style that was cut into squares, like tavern style, and they... They were sausage people. Like, we would always get sausage. It's Chicago. You, you like, you get sausage on, on your pizza. And there was, like, the these seeds on on the pizza and in the sausage that I could never, I could never identify because they didn't, like, have a flavor or anything. Just sort of a, like, a texture and a smell and an appearance. And when we went to get the old Chicago pizza, they had the seeds uh, on the pizza and in the sausage. And when I bit into it, I got like this mind blowing wave of nostalgia. Has that ever happened to you? I ask, even though I'm certain that it has, because I I imagine a lot of you guys are are nostalgia junkies. And you know that feeling when you see something or you find something and it it brings back like a flood of memories that you didn't didn't even know were in there. When I bit into when I bit into this pizza and I, you know, I had these seeds and the sausage, I was just nostalgia overload for back in the day. I it's like the sensation of the flavor and the just the everything, the texture, just brought it all back, and it was it was amazing. It turns out the seeds are just fennel, fennel seeds. That's what the old wife said. So I don't know. I probably I probably could have tried to describe them to her in a better better fashion, and I bet you she could have come up with it. We could have looked at seeds and maybe discovered what it was. But then if I did that, I wouldn't have these uh feelings that i had when i discovered it sort of organically at the pizza place so uh, that was great i i really dug the deep dish it was completely filling like we went there for lunch and i had just like two 
two slices of the gimmick and I was I was full and tired for like the rest of the day. So if you if you happen to be around Petaluma, California, you might want to drop into Old Chicago Pizza if that's your thing. If you like the deep dish, it's a nice atmosphere as well and that's weird. I didn't I didn't mean for this to turn into a restaurant review. I apologize. Apologize for that. It's I I just kind of started off on the way to the main story and that is that when we were over in, in Petaluma, we stopped in at Silver Screen Video, one of the four remaining video stores in in Sonoma County. I have never been to this one of the four and I've wanted to for a while. I could just never I had to have another reason. I couldn't drive over to Petaluma just to go to to this store. I needed another reason. I could never come up with one. So we combined it together with the pizza adventure and it became kind of like a fulfilling, somewhat useless, but fun day all in all. And the store is it's kind of in a small shopping center and we found it while we were on the way out. We were it was directly on the way out of Petaluma back to Santa Rosa after we ate our food, and that was cool. The store itself is, it's pretty great. I enjoyed it quite a bit. They had a lot of the old fixtures still up. They had old uh, tube-style TVs up in the corner. Is that what you call the older style of TVs? Not the not the old, old TVs, but the... The ones, you know, from the 80s and the 90s, like the glass-fronted TVs that we all all came up with. They still had those in each of the corners, and that was fun. What was cool, I thought, was the TVs were playing different things. Like, each of the quadrants of the store had something different, so they must have had, like, a 4VCR setup. So that was, that was pretty elaborate for the time. The store is all DVD. They don't have any VHS left. I like to follow the adventures of a uh, dinosaur Dracula him and his pal go to they go to check out different video stores up in his region I I like to to see the the blog post that he makes about these and it's cool because I also you know trek up around to find different video stores and one thing I've noticed is that the stores he goes to up on the east coast some of them still have VHS, and none of the stores over here do. The Video Droid has a few VHS for sale, but we don't have any stores that have VHS still available for rental. And I think like two or three of the different ones that he's seen all all have that, and that that is so great. I wish that I wish that I could encounter something like that. There's a store in Oakland called The Video Room, and I, I'm hoping that they may still have some tapes. We haven't we haven't ventured out to this store before, and I'm looking forward to doing so in like a month or so. I'm planning on doing that. We might do it for Father's Day. It seems like that's the day when you can make a silly request like, well, let's drive to Oakland to check out a video store. So that might come come to pass, but we did... We did go to uh, Silver Screen Video, and that was fun. It's all DVD, which is where, which is where I got started. On this, it's all DVD, which is cool. The whole entire middle section is like DVD for sale, and. We would go more often because 2.0 has, you know, her gal pal over all the time. And if I could, 
It's they have like a giant with like a game release wall. That would be a good reason to head over to the like, store, but neither video like all video show video they rent, rent games, video games, Bay's Rinkin video, which is which neat. Was neither of the two stores they used to rent games, and they were video games. They're pretty they dope did. because they they still rented VHS, and they still had a lot of the stock from just way back in the day as far as video games. They had GameCube, NES, Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four, all sorts of cool rentals. But sadly, they they shuttered. A couple of years back, Silver Screen had uh, they had games, but they didn't have any of the retro systems. Just like PlayStation and Wii, I I didn't venture too deep into the game section. They had they had an adult room, which was kind of fun. I stuck my head in there. Nothing nothing too off the wall as far as I could see. One thing I've always noticed about adult rooms that I think is weird, and I used to uh, used to supervise the adult video room at the Bradley video, they never connect the, like, the sound system or the TV setup all the way back there. So when you go in, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because there's all these, you know, these adult titles around and the room is all silent and whatever. I, I've always felt like they treat the adult customers in a second-class manner. And that's, that's gotta end in the booming video business <laughs> I don't know, man. Treat people right. They spend money. They don't cause a problem. Just, you know, treat everyone the same as far as your custom, customer base. They didn't seem like they like they want you to stick around too long in the room, I guess. Just just make your selection and get out. That was the name of the business model for the adult VHS industry. Make your, make your selection and hit the bricks. <laughs> That's not a nice way to treat your customers. What else was... What else did I see over at Silver Screen Video? They had a ton of movies out front of the... Of the store, they had like racks and racks and racks of discounted DVDs for sale. I didn't, I didn't see anything to buy. We actually, you know what? I, I'm not telling the truth. We got 2.0 a copy of Aladdin. She wanted this used copy of Aladdin. She saw it on a one of her friend's house. I think, I think that movie is terrible. I can't stand uh, Robin Williams's performance in it. I don't, I don't like that manic energy kind of gimmick that he has as far as a lot of things. I think that he is, was a super talented comedian, a very talented actor, but I never, I never dug it when he got all manic. It was just too, too much for me. I couldn't imagine being in the same room with that. I'd have to, the energy would just drive me nuts and I'd have to leave and I would be uncomfortable for days after that. I'd just be like over, over flooded with his like outgoingness at any rate. She wanted that. So we did get that. When you're when you go to check out a video store, it's always nice to buy something. It's not it's not a museum. You don't want to walk around and look at everything, take a bunch of pictures, and then just just leave. You definitely have to buy something, but at the same time you don't want to buy something that you don't want. So we had to we had to look around until we found something and then she she came up on this copy of Aladdin, so I was more than happy to get that. The store was nice, very clean, very well organized. They had a lot of nice old signage and stuff which I could appreciate they had an adult selection they had candy they had popcorn a lot of things for sale I would I would be super satisfied if this was the video store in my neighborhood I would be more than happy it's big they had all the new titles everything you could want the selection was great the dude who was working the counter was great the atmosphere was nice the ambiance the sounds just you know everything Everything was great. I give uh, Super Screen Video Pedalimit a big thumbs up. So, with all that said, let's move into the first of what is going to be two movie reviews this week. This first one 
was something I didn't learn about till just a couple weeks ago, and I liked it quite a bit. Be back in a sec with that. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Here I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm convinced that. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Weapon. You can call me Joker. Champ. You follow boxing? Uh, no, I don't. No? You see Rocky? <laughs> you don't know me. You don't. Chuck Ripner. Well, you do know me, but you don't know you know me. Once upon a time, I was the heavyweight champ of New Jersey. I was the best. Hey, doll, set my man up with whatever he wants. And some guy named Stallone wrote a screenplay inspired by me. I was like, what? It's the real Rocky. I told you you know me. The real Rocky. The first two movies I'm going to talk about this week is a movie known as Chuck. Chuck is the biopic of 70s boxer Chuck Wepner. I I love a boxing picture. I love a boxing biopic. I I see them all. I don't I don't see them all necessarily in the theater, but I, I definitely do see them all. Chuck Wepner was he was most known for he was a heavyweight. He was ranked as high as number eight in the world, and he was he was handpicked by Muhammad Ali for a title fight. Muhammad Ali did this gimmick where he was he was going to give a shot to a white boy, as he put it, and the white boy that he picked was Chuck Wepner. And during the fight, Chuck Chuck landed a heavy body shot, and he put Muhammad Ali on the deck. Yes. On network TV, he knocked down the champ. Now, some say that Chuck accidentally stepped on Ali's foot. And that caused him to go down. But be that as it may, it was it was a officially called a knockdown. It counts as a knockdown on Ali's record. And that's just, you know, that's just going to be the way it is. Uh, Ali eventually came back and he, he pummeled Chuck and knocked him out in the 15th round. But here is where things get interesting. A young filmmaker by the name of Sylvester Stallone was watching the fight on TV when he when he came up with the idea for the character known as Rocky Balboa. If you, if you recall back to the original movie, Rocky is just, you know, he's just languishing at the bottom of the boxing world when the champ decides to do a basically give a shot to a white boy campaign and the white boy he picks in this movie is Rocky Balboa. Rocky manages to go the distance where Chuck didn't, but the courage he shows in putting up a good fight led to a certain degree of fame. And that would be how it was if you just had the original Rocky movie, but you know, he, he spun it off and Rocky became the greatest heavyweight of all the times that that didn't happen to Chuck. Chuck is played by Liv Shriver, and he he does a really good job of bringing Chuck to life. He completely captures the the palooka like aura of Chuck Webner. Let's hop on over to. I already have it loaded up. Let's hop on over to Tomatoes and just get into a bit of the particulars of the movie. It is. Presently at, let's see, 77 Tomatoes with the critics, with the movie professionals, and 
64% with the peeps at large. It runs for 101 minutes. It's it's pretty brisk. It moves along and it pulled in 113,000 in its opening weekend. Not great, but I don't think that this was an expensive picture to shoot. They they did a really good job of recreating the 70s and that couldn't have been cheap. You know, there are 70s cars and 70s scenery and clothes and the whole everything and that's not exactly cheap all the rentals but there weren't any kind of like effects shots they did rent out an arena for the fight against Muhammad Ali and that that couldn't have been cheap either I don't I don't have any idea what the budget is I don't even know why I'm dwelling on this like I said Liv Shriver plays Chuck Jim Gaffigan the comedian plays his best friend John they got Elizabeth Moss Moss Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men is his wife, and Naomi Watts is a lady that Chuck has a bit of a crush on. Chuck has Chuck has a problem with uh, staying uh, in a stable type relationship. Dude likes dude likes to get out there and mess around with the with the lady folk. I I dug this movie. I thought it was really good. I always I always like a '70s picture. I think the '70s are a Real interesting era. It's uh, it's also interesting to me that when I was younger, everybody was always giving out the impression that the 70s were whack, that 70s fashion was whack, music was whack, and that just overall the whole era was lame. But as I've grown and kind of furthered myself away from the 70s, I'm just like, the 70s were fantastic, man. Disco was dope. I, I like disco music. There was a lot of like really fly fashion there were a ton of terrific movies the 70s produced so many great movies it was such a dope time and i wonder i wonder what the deal was i think it was like a disco sort of uh, pushback that was lasting all the way into my my childhood at any rate this movie was terrific there was an interesting episode in chuck's life at one point this was after he had the title fight and he had had a couple fights and he was looking for a way to keep his name out there in the public eye and he was offered a he was offered a fight by Vince McMahon the impresario of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation against their one of their top attractions a dude that goes by the name of Andre the Giant they were going to they were going to have this match in conjunction with another match in Japan where Muhammad Ali, who showed up earlier in the movie, was going to fight Japanese wrestler Antonio Inoki. The Inoki fight was intended to be a wrestling match, you know, a setup fight, a staged worked match, whatever you want to say, but they couldn't come they couldn't come to a conclusion. They couldn't decide who was gonna win. Inoki wanted to win. Ali wanted to win. And in the end it turned out to be a real fight, a real boxer versus wrestler fight. It was incredibly boring. Go look that up on YouTube if you have a minute. It's a interesting piece of history. The time that Muhammad Ali had a real life fist fight with a Japanese pro wrestler over in the land of the rising sun. This one, the Chuck Wepner fight was, it was just a wrestling match. It was, you know, as worked as they come. And I was curious find some way to fit this into the movie. I wanted to see if maybe they would have cast a dude who uh, was going to play Andre. When I first saw the trailer for this movie, I'm just like, ooh, Chuck Wepner. And when I hear Chuck Wepner, 
The first thing to me as a dumb wrestling fan that pops up is his match against Andre the Giant. And I was really curious to see if they were going to stage the fight during the actual filming of the movie. They didn't. And that was, that was probably a good idea because no matter how you do it, there's no, there's nobody today who's Andre the Giant. So I don't know who you're going to, you're going to cast to make it look as, you know, freak show fight as it did in real life. But they do, they do touch on it. His manager, Chuck's manager, who's played by Ron Perlman, you know, mentions to him, hey, I got offered this match against Andre. And he's just like, is it going to be a real fight or a wrestling fight? And he, you know, Ron Perlman's like, I don't know. And they, they showed a bit of it on the, the TV the actual fight. I I like this movie. It's uh, a tale of what would be sort of a one-hit wonder and what happens once the once the one hit is over. You you think about these people and you don't really imagine that they they have to go back to their day-to-day living and it was interesting too because you know he had the fight against Ali and that was the one hit but then they made Rocky and when that movie came out it sent it sent Chuck into such a tailspin because it brought back, it brought back his fame in a way, but it wasn't anything that he was involved with. Stallone just wrote the script. It wasn't like he contacted Chuck and they worked together on the script. It was, he wrote the script and then in interviews, he mentioned how it was inspired by Chuck Wepner. So around Chuck's neighborhood, this this brought, you know, him back into the limelight. And then before you know it, it's the 70s and cocaine is involved. Cocaine is weird to me when I think about the 70s and the whole cocaine thing. You you hear people say, oh, we didn't know that it was bad for you at the time. And I myself am of the opinion that if you try something or you take something and it makes you feel good, like you get this immediate good feeling from it, it's probably bad for you. Anything that does that, be it... Sugar, cocaine, angel dust, I don't know, name some drugs. Anything, anything that just immediately makes you feel good, it's not really that good for you. Things that are good for you are like carrots or celery, and they don't, they don't necessarily make you feel anyway, but it seems as if people back in the 70s just thought that cocaine was the thing to do, and they were all doing it, and Chuck, Chuck got into it, eventually he was dealing it, and before you know it, he... He was behind bars. And then when he's behind bars, he discovers that Stallone is in the very same prison he's in shooting his movie Lockup. So once again, Stallone stealing the life of Chuck Wepner. I I dug this. I am going to go and give this maybe... You don't have to go rush out and see this at the theater if it happens to be playing in your neighborhood. It was made by IFC. And I bet at some point it will be playing on the IFC network. And this movie will do just as well on the small screen as the big screen on Laserdisc or VHS as it will at the movie theater. So wait, wait for it. If you so like, go rent it. Hit your video store, rent it up. I am going to give it 3.5 3. likes. 3.5 likes. Five likes. You are listening to IC Robots Radio. This should be fun. 
the second movie of the week that we saw was a movie that went by the name of Alien Covenant. I really like the first Alien movie, Alien, I guess is what it's called. But then after that, I kind of fell off the series. I don't really know why I... Do know that I had seen them back in the day, but they didn't really resonate with me enough. But the the first one is a movie I have seen like a million billion times. I have it, I had it on VHS when it first came out and I would watch it. I have it now on Laserdisc. I got it in like a ton of formats and I enjoy it. It plays on TV and I record it and I watch it and... I think that it's just one of the all-time great horror movies, and it's also one of the all-time great sci-fi movies. It's just terrific to me, but for whatever reason, the other ones, they kind of came across as, like, action-y to me instead of, like, sci-fi horror, so I just kind of kind of fell off it, but when I heard that Ridley Scott was going to be back on board with Prometheus, the movie before this one, I was excited, and then I went to see Prometheus, and it was just incredibly confusing to me, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, and I liked everything that I was seeing, but I didn't really understand a ton of what I was seeing, and then when this one came around, I was pretty stoked because it was going to be Ridley Scott again, the director of the original, and I, I'm a, I'm a fan of his work. I like, uh, I like G.I. Jane. I like The Martian, and I, you know, I like others, and I appreciate what he does, and I was stoked to see that he was going to be back on board with this one, and this one is really reminiscent of the original series in that they are just a bunch of folks. In the original, they're like space truckers, like US-1 and Razorback of Marvel Comics fame, and they're faced with this alien xenomorph, or whatever they're called, and they got a fight to survive. In this one, they are colonists. They are shooting off into space to, to, uh, you know, plant their flag in a new world and build cabins and live a simple rustic life when they encounter aliens. There is, there's a whole side thing with, uh, what's his name? David from Prometheus, the android who is played by Michael Fassbender. He, he does a double turn in this movie. Fassbender plays Walter and David. Walter is the nicer robot that works on the Covenant and David is the the robot that we saw in the last movie who is a bit demented, a bit strange, and he has spent many, many moons on a planet by his lonesome and he's become more demented and strange and when they encounter him, things go... Things go all haywire. I don't want to... I don't want to give out any, like, serious plot points. I don't want to do any spoilers. I did enjoy this movie. I also thought that it was really confusing... Not in the same way that Prometheus is, but I don't understand the overall arcing alien story. I know the story of the first movie, and I know some of the story of the other movies. I saw them, I haven't really seen them that much since, and they, they're not really stuck in my head. So I get confused when they show some of the things going on. That are, you know, part of that big over overarching origin story. But I do, I do enjoy the action elements and I do enjoy the horror elements. 
that this one gave us. It's also, it's also gross. When I, when I saw the movie, you know, I posted on Facebook that I was at the theater and Gino Vega, my main man, Gino Vega asked me what I thought. And all I could think was like a three word description. I said that it was good. It was weird. And then it was gross or something, something to that effect. Maybe good, strange and gross. And it is all of those things. The xenomorphs in this movie are disgusting. They are white for the most part, pale white, and they are disgusting. I almost threw up in my mouth the first time we see him. I'm not giving anything away here by saying that there is a scene where they burst out of somebody's body and it was just so gross, black. I could barely handle it. I liked it though. Um, the movie stars Catherine Watterson, who I am not super familiar with, and Danny McBride and Santa Rosa's own Justin Smollett from Empire. He, uh, he's in the movie as well. That guy went to Montgomery High School. He is, I do not know what year, something in the 2010 range graduate of Montgomery High School. And he went on to, uh, make it on network TV. He's on Fox. He's on Empire. I'm happy for guy. Him and... Him and Gino Vega went to the same high school. Him and my old wife, Gino Vega, Justin Smollett. And I have heard rumor that at a time, there was a year or so where Tupac also went to the high school. Tupac was, he was from Marin, California, which is like the next next county over. But there has been talk that at one time he did briefly live in Santa Rosa and he did briefly attend Montgomery High School, but I don't. I don't know if that's true. I I couldn't say either way. I I guess I'm going to imagine it's true. It's a nice story, but I don't. I don't know. I think that if it was true that the some reputable Santa Rosa source, like the Press Democrat, would have laid claim to that. Just seems like something you'd something you'd want to be down with. I think Montgomery would have put up a plaque or something. I don't know. Anyway, Justin Smollett's in it, Danny McBride, who I like, Billy Crudup's in it. And Michael Fassbender is playing two separate dudes at the same time, which is, I don't know. I don't know if I'm pro or against that. There is, there is one scene in particular where he and Walter, David and Walter are together in Walter's, I mean, David's, David's lair and Walter teaches David how to play a recorder. And it's an oddly sensuous scene between the the two Fassbender bots, but that's neither that's neither here nor there, but it was was a bit of an oddly uncomfortable, somewhat humorous scene. I I appreciate Fassbender getting that sort of a <laughs> a performance out of himself. The movie's cool, man. I did definitely enjoy it. It is about two hours long and it is right now as we speak on good old tomatoes, it is seventy-one. With the critics and 62 with the me and you. I think it was dope. It made about 36 million over the opening weekend. It won the weekend by quite a lot. This is more or less like a soft reboot of Alien. It's not directly a reboot. It continues on the Alien story, but... We are at the point in this series where it's kind of a prequel. Prometheus was a prequel, and this is this is a prequel too. And 
they are sort of rebooting it in the sense that the stories are going to start eventually catching up with the first movie, the one that, you know, I know and love starring Sigourney Weaver. If you want, like, an incredibly in-depth review of this movie, hop on over to the IC Robots radio feed and listen to the last episode of GeekFest Rants. Carlos gets, he gets so detailed with it. Now, I'm going to warn you. It's spoilers, so it might be something you would enjoy after you've seen the movie, but he goes in there, and dude really knows his alien history, and he knows his alien stories, and he does an excellent job of filling in some details. There were things that were in the movie that were confusing to me, but after I heard Carlos talk about them, they they started to make a lot more sense. Dude knows his stuff. That's GeekFest Rants. It came out last week. It's on the IC Robots radio feed. I did think this movie was cool. I enjoyed it a lot. It was gross, super gross, super scary, and also also a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to the next Ridley Scott has promised something like a hundred more alien movies. So we got that to look forward to. It's going to be great. I go ahead and give this one a solid 3.5 mice. 3.5 mice. I don't know. Come on, lighting matches can be fun. KSHB TV41 advises viewer discretion. This motion picture is rated V. It contains violent scenes, which may not be suitable for children. Up next, a Toys R Us report special presentation. A quick, yet informative look at the best movies this upcoming summer have to offer. Yo, I see robots. Show them what you got. I don't know what it is that I got, but I'll show you what... I'll show you what I have on this printout here. We are right now entering the summer movie month. Some people would think that we are already there, that a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy and a movie like Baywatch and such kind of show the start of the season, but... If you look at the calendar and you want to be strict about it, we aren't in summer yet, but we're getting there. At the very least, we are at the period where the movies in the spirit of a summer movie are beginning or starting to begin, I guess. Anyhow, I was just like looking ahead to see other movies that are going to be coming out, when they're going to be coming out, just, you know, general movie nerd planning and... I printed out this list of every movie coming out this summer, and I thought that I could go over it. We could take a look at some of the highlights, some of the exciting things coming out. I think it's a good summer. I think that we're going to see a lot of fun movies. I think at the very least, we're going to have a movie to see every week, and some movies there's going to be, some weeks rather, there's going to be like two movies. So, it's all good in the hood. This upcoming week, and these are the movies that are going to be on the next episode, that week is... The week of Pirates of the Caribbean and also of Baywatch. I I plan to see Baywatch. I think it's going to be funny. I like The Rock. Everybody likes The Rock. I think that Zac Efron is a funny dude. I don't think this is going to be the best movie ever, but I think it's going to be fun. And I'm going to check it out. And I've never seen a Pirates movie. I don't I don't like Pirates very much. I've, I've had some run-ins with Pirates that you guys have all seen. And I just, I don't know, man. The whole thing's not my cup of tea. So that's that week. And then the next week... There's a few things. Captain Underpants opens up. I think that there's some interest in the 2.0 age set for this. It's a cartoon. Then Churchill opens. It's about, uh, you know, Winston Churchill. 
and that stars Brian Cox. I saw I saw the preview for that, and this looks kind of like a stuffy movie, kind of kind of stodgy. But Churchill's wife is talking to him, and she says, "If you want people to treat you like a hero, just act like a hero." And I thought that was I thought that was a good piece of advice. I think that is something we could all all take a lesson from. And also that week, of course, is the big movie. That movie is, of course, Wonder Woman. I have heard some early reviews that the movie is good. I want to think that it will be good. I really want to hope. But as of as of so far, DC hasn't really come out with anything that's, uh, that's a humdinger. But still, I have hope that this will be the one where they break that streak. And then the next week, the 9th of June, there's a few things that are interesting. There's a movie that I'm not altogether familiar with. It's called It Comes at Night. And this is described as an unnatural threat terrorizes the world. A man and his family are tested when another family seeks refuge in their home. And it stars Joel Edgerton. He's an actor that I like. I think that... He, he's very, like, Jeremy Renner-esque, but in a more... Jeremy Renner has, I don't know, some something about him makes me think that he's not, like, that cool of a person in person. But Joel Edgerton seems like a more legit dude version of Jeremy Renner. This movie could be interesting. I went online right before I started this segment. I, I didn't have enough time to reach out to the studio and get a VHS copy of the... TV spot, but I got one here. I'm going to pop it in. The movie looks scary and interesting. Might be a bit of a uh, sleeper this upcoming summer. I'm having bad dreams. How long has that been going on? For a while, I guess. Well, what's he see? That he heard something. This house. The red door stays closed and locked. It's coming! What is it? I don't know! See, that sounds pretty scary. I'm looking forward to that. I, I like a, a scary movie from time to time. And then also there is a movie with Kate Mara where she is a soldier with an army dog. I... I don't know. I like movies with dogs, but there's always a part where the dog gets hurt or something happens to the dog and it's a bit bit stressful to me. So I I avoid dog movies as much as I can. Um, the Mummy also opens up that week. That is the one with Tom Cruise. It also has Sophia Botella, who I like a lot. She was in the last Star Trek movie. She was in Kingsman. She's the one with the blades on her feet. She's uh, she's going to have a good summer. She has another movie with Charlize Theron later later in the season. I, I'm going to go see The Mummy, of course, but I don't have a lot of high hope. I hope that it will be good, but the hopes aren't. They're not high. I, I don't know. There's something about Tom Cruise. I will go see Tom Cruise movies, and they're often good, but there's always, like, emotion lacking, in a way, when you, when you see something with Tom Cruise. But this is going to be starting, like, a much bigger universal monster universe, so I'm all for that. And then the next week is June 16th, 
And that week, All Eyes on Me, the movie about Tupac, opens up. And that's that's kind of a wacky movie. I didn't even know this one was coming about. The guy they got playing Tupac looks just like him. He has the eyebrows and everything. I'm not the biggest Tupac guy. I wasn't into that whole, like, Death Row Records scene. Even though I come from California, I always, always preferred, like, the East Coast style of hip-hop. I don't like the gangster stuff so much. I was always into, like lyrical wordplay and like metaphors and similes and like boom bap beats i appreciate both styles now but coming up i was i was pretty strict as far as my love for like you know the karis ones and the wu-tangs and the mc shans you know the milk d's the guys like that who just kind of had that that style of east coast rap that i preferred but i'm gonna go see this movie i i'll see any kind of a rap bio i saw the Biggie Smalls one, of course I saw the NWA one, and I gotta see this one too. I want to support just, just in the hope that they'll keep producing these, and maybe at some point we'll get to see like a Wu-Tang Clan movie or something. That seems like maybe an Ultra Magnetic MCs movie. I wonder, I wonder who you would cast as Cool Keith. I think you have to find, you have to find an unknown to fill that role. And then you have Cars 3. I saw Cars 1 I didn't see Cars 2. 2.0 really digs those Cars movies, though. She's like, she's all in, and she wants to see this one the most. It looks, it looks dark, and I, I reckon I will be going to see it just because she's so into it, and that's cool, man. I dig it, and I'm sure it'll be good. It's a Pixar movie. They're all good. I wonder, I wonder what kind of life-threatening ailment, uh... What's his face? Lightning McQueen is going to be facing because it seems like he he gets hurt at some point and then he's going to come back. I don't know. I've seen the trailer. I'm not a Cars expert. And then also that week, there is another movie. Let me turn the page. I have a, uh, a printout right here. It is called A Rough Night. And this movie has Scarlett Johansson, Kate McKinnon, Zoe Kravitz, and Demi Moore. And it's, uh... It's like, I saw the trailer, and it looked kind of dumb. It's a bunch of girls going out, having, like, a girls' night or whatever. And then they have a, you know, an exotic dancer, a dude over at the at the party, and he, he gets tripped, and he hits his head, and he dies. And everything takes a really dark turn, and I don't know if I'll be seeing this movie, but I was, I was surprised at the big dark turn in this. I, I'm, I'll probably see it. And then... Let's see, the next week is the 23rd, and that week, um, let's see, there is a movie by Sofia Coppola called The Beguiled that opens. It's going to star Colin Farrell and uh, Nicole Kidman and Elle Fanning. That might be okay, I don't know. It is, let's see, it is set in Virginia during the Civil War. Young women have sheltered a Union soldier, but soon the house is taken over with sexual tension. I don't know if I'll be seeing that. And then, also, Transformers. I saw the first Transformers, and I was out. They're not for me. The Wife and 2.0 have seen the other ones, but man, these things are just such a cluster of, like, shapes and things flying around. I wish that there were Transformer movies that were better. The animated movie was fun, but these movies are just... They're confusing. They're weird. I don't don't like them at all. I am not the biggest biggest Transformer guy in the world in the first place. But I, you know, I have respect for the franchise, and I wish that the movie that came out of it was better. The next week, the twenty eighth, is Baby Driver opens up. This is the latest from Edgar Wright. It stars uh, 
Ansel Elgort and Lily James, John Hamm's in it too. It's about this guy. His name is Baby. He's a getaway driver. I've seen the trailers and I think they look terrific. Some people have got to have early screenings of this. And the word is that it's terrific. And it starts off with one of the hottest driving scenes you will ever see. The next week on the 30th is Despicable Me and also The House, which is Will Ferrell's latest, Tim and Amy Poehler and... They start a casino in their house. There's a movie called 13 Minutes that is about George Elser's plan to uh, assassinate Hitler. I don't know what that's about, but I thought that was of note. The next week is the 7th, and there is a movie that sounds interesting. It's called Ghost Story, and that is the tale of a recently deceased man who returns to his suburban home in the spectral form to reconnect with his bereft wife. Seems very similar to Ghost, but it stars Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. I saw a few minutes of Ghost on cable the other day. The wife was watching it. I, I'm i just going to say, and I think that this is something that goes without saying, but Demi Moore is one of the beauties of all-time beauties. She was such a dime back in the day, and she stayed a dime for such a long time. That's a weird movie, though. Just... Strange and stranger things happen in that flick, Ghost. I wonder, I wonder if this movie, Ghost Story, is more like that, or if it will be more of a scary thing. I'm gonna imagine it's going to be kind of a arty farty kind of hokey thing. On uh, on the low, I went on the line while we were talking here, and I've been I've been watching the trailer for the movie with the sound off and. It's pretty weird. Rooney Mara, who I do like, is walking around looking all mopey, of course, because, you know, her, her her lover has passed. And then he he pops back up in their life as a ghost, but he is, he's like a Charlie Brown ghost. He's wearing a sheet. His eye holes are cut properly, but he's haunting the house as a ghost in a sheet. I think that, I think that tells you all you need to know about that one. And then the next week also is, let's see, where was I on this? Oh, the big one. This is going to be one of the biggest movies of the summer. Spider-Man opens up. I have, I have high hopes for this. I think Tom Holland's a good actor. I saw him in The Lost City of Z recently, and I just got high hopes. I think that the, I think that the trailer looks pretty good. And then the next week is Planet of the Apes. I think this is going to be good, too. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then the following week, the 22nd, is Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's latest. It's a it's a World War II epic. It has Kenneth Branagh. It has Tom Hardy, Cillian, Killian Murphy, just all kinds of people. Harry Styles from One Direction. This movie looks terrific. If I had to... If I had to lay some money without having seen just about anything of the summer so far, I think this one, this one's going to be a contender for the summer movie Oscar. And then also the same week is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. This is with uh, Cara Delevingne. It's a Luc Besson, Luc Besson movie. He's the guy who did, you know, Fifth Element and The Professional Dude. Dude has an eye for cinema, and this movie looks insane. The effects look insane. The CGI is bananas. It looks just so fantastical. I am absolutely looking forward to this, even though I have I have no idea about the source material. It says it's based on the classic uh, graphic novel, but 
I don't know what that is, but I think that the movie will be fun. And then the next week, the 28th, is Atomic Blonde. This is with Charlize Theron and Sophia Botella. She's kind of a Charlie Baltimore-style uh, sexy female espionage agent. I think this is going to be fun. The posters for this are awesome. The trailers have been just terrific. And Charlize Theron's gold, man. She was, you know, she's furiosa. She has been in so many great things over the years. She is a... Hall of Famer. And then another terrific movie opens the same week. It is known as the Emoji Movie. I am... I am kidding. And then, you know, we're getting into August. And this is toward the end of the season. But we still get the Dark Tower. I I read, like, the first couple Dark Tower novels back in the day. And then I kind of fell off of that. And then Stephen King took that long break between novels and I wasn't able to pick it up again but I'm I'm debating it the the old wife asked if I had a copy of it when we saw the trailer in the theater and I went and looked and I actually had two copies I had two different ones a smaller paperback one and a bigger one that had some neat illustrations so we're thinking that we might read those at the same time and try to get back into it before the movie comes out it looks it looks cool I'm looking forward to it it's the same week as a movie called Detroit this is Catherine Bigelow's latest, and it is a crime drama set against the backdrop of Detroit's 1967 riot. It stars John Boyega and Anthony Mackie. So you got a dude from Marvel and a dude from Star Wars. Should be cool. Catherine Bigelow is a top-notch director. From what I've seen in the trailers, it looks, you know, it looks pretty good. I'm looking forward to that, too. So then the next week, the 11th... There's Annabelle, which is, you know, that horror movie about the scary doll. And that's pretty much it. There's a documentary about Ferguson. Marlon Wayans has a movie. So there you have it. I think it's a good summer in the sense that you got two Marvel movies. You got you got uh, Spider-Man and you got Guardians. Guardians was great. You got Baywatch. You got Planet of the Apes. You're going to get... You're going to get something at least every week. But as as you start to get toward the end, maybe try not to see like two movies a week. Maybe save one for August when things really start to just kind of drift off into, into just whatever comes next, man. There's always something fun. There's like a good movie just about every week, honestly. I have already seen like 27 movies this year and there was there was only one that I thought was a bad movie. And that movie, I'll, I don't like to slag of movies. It's not, it's not my thing. I don't like to be the dude who poops on other people's art. But the movie is The Circle, the one with Emma Watson and Tom Hanks. I saw that the other week. And man, it was disjointed. It seemed like there were, there were whole scenes missing. The movie was just, just not that great. And you would expect that you got Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is one of the stars of all the stars. Then you got Emma Watson, who, you know, she's a big star too. Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. That's that's like a big movie. And it was written by Dave Eggers. And it turned out to be not that great. What are you going to do, man? Sometimes, sometimes it's like the Climax Blues Band. And you just, you just can't get it right. So... There you have it. That summer, it was fun. Let's move into the final segment of the show. This segment is known as the Toys R Us Report. It should be 
Should be fairly brief this week. I want to let you guys get moving on with your life, and we're already at like 55 minutes or so. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, we are back for the final segment of the show. That's weird. I can see out of the corner of my eye, I have a TV-VCR combo up here on the Jupiter base. It's one of my key entertainment items. I can't get cable up here. You can't get all other stuff, and... I don't got a very big DVD collection, so I bring tapes up here with me, and I have this this wrestling tape. When I used to watch back in the day, like on on USA, you know, during like the heyday of Monday Night Raw, back when it was fun, I would tape like the exciting segments of the show, and I'd make like wrestling mix videos. I have like a good 15, 20 of these dating back for most of my life. I've been watching and taping wrestling, and I'll... I'll bring these up here. They're six hours at a time, so if you watch a bit, they can last a long while. But at any rate, the the VCR came on and the tape just popped out. I don't know. I don't know what that's about, but uh, let's see what's going on. What's important? You got to make sure to check out Geekfest Rant. You got to make sure to check out the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast here on the IC Robots Radio Network. And if you are a show patron, make sure to hop on over to supportthereport.com because I posted, I have posted two episodes of a new show I have been working on. It's a show called Real Wisdom in which I use uh, lessons that I have learned from the world of cinema that, that have, you know, like improved my life. And I shared them with you in a somewhat entertaining manner in hopes that they will also enrich your life. I got two up there. The first one is based around this movie I saw called, uh, what the heck was it called? It's called Bleed for This. It was about Vinnie Pazienza. It starred Miles Teller. The episodes are short. They're, they're a lot of fun. And I think that, I think that maybe, Maybe, possibly, you can get something out of it. And by the time this episode airs, there will be two episodes up there already. Hold on a sec. Let me poke around here in the computer. I'm going to play the uh, theme song for the show. That might, that'll give you a small taste of what you're dealing with. And maybe, maybe it'll interest you. I don't know. Patreon, supportthereport.com. Here we go. I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. You are what you choose to be. You choose. Regrets are a waste of time. They've been passed, crippling you in the present. Alright, I'll give it a try. No. Why not? No. Oh, do not. There is no try. The more you know who you are and what you want. The less you let things upset you. This is Real Wisdom, a show that explores some important life lessons from the world of cinema with your host, Icy Robot. If you're a fan of the show and you want a bit more, consider becoming a show patron for as little 
as a dollar a month, you can get access to the Patreon page. And there are 15 episodes of mixtapes that I've made up there. Hip-hop mixtapes. Each one is about an hour. They're all great. A lot of them have uh, Engineer Emily and Iceberg on them. They they host the shows, and those are a lot of fun. There's 15 of those up there. There are two unreleased episodes of Real Wisdom. I do plan at some point to release the Real Wisdoms to the general population. I I want to share these with everybody, but they are up there for the patrons first. And they are going to get all 10 episodes that I plan on making for Season 1 before I drop any of the episodes for the general peeps. So if you're interested in that, hop on over to supportthereport.com. You can you can chip in as little as a dollar a month and you can get down with those. Let's see, what else is a cracking? Not a whole lot, man. Outside of summer movies, I can't think of a whole lot of things that are super pertinent to anything. Well, over on the DCW, the season of The Flash and The Arrow have finished. Arrow was... Man, it was kind of a bummer season overall. I just... I can't stand Ollie getting beat and destroyed, like, all the time. Like, he is just problem after problem for poor Ollie with uh, this Prometheus guy. But The Flash was a good season. I... I enjoyed it a lot. I A lot of the times with the CW seasons, when it's over, if you ask me, like, well, what was the season about? I wouldn't be able to tell you. But with The Flash this season, if you asked me what was it about, I'd go, well, it was about Savitar. And Savitar was going to kill Iris. And the team was trying to think of a way to stop that future from coming true. And I enjoyed it a lot. I think The Flash is really an excellent show. The Arrow is a good show. And... Supergirl is good for being like a genre show, but I think The Flash is actually like a like a good show, and I, I look forward to where they left us off at the end. And then we are going to be getting a Black Lightning show. That's something I can say I never, never thought I would see. When we were coming up, me and my brother were really like fascinated with like black exploitation tales. We liked Shaft and Fred Williamson movies. And all that stuff. And we just thought that the Black Lightning was one of the one of the coolest dudes ever. For my brother's birthday one year, I picked him up a copy of the first appearance of the Black Lightning, Black, Black Lightning number one. And I already had one for myself. This was, seriously, this was a quarter bin comic. I found it in a quarter bin and I gave it to him as a thoughtful present. And when I was poking around eBay the other day, I saw that it's selling for like, well, listing for like 70 75 bucks which is nuts people are people are really speculating on black lightning becoming a hot character it would be cool i don't know from what i understand the show isn't going to be part of the arrowverse i don't know why you do that everything i do if i had a universe i would connect it all together just cuz what's the harm if you don't want them to ever connect if you don't want to have any like actual like crossover episodes just don't cross them over you don't have to you don't have to have the Black Lightning go visit Arrow or the Flash if you don't want to, but why shut the door? You know, why make it so that you couldn't even if you wanted to? Because maybe someday you will. But at any rate, I am really looking forward to the idea of seeing the Black Lightning on TV. I can't wait. It's another Berlanti CW show. Riverdale ended that paid off in a very satisfying manner. I don't want to 
I don't want to spoil the ending, but it was... I felt like it was satisfying, and then it led well into the next season. That is all available on Netflix. So if you have, like, any interest at all in the uh, Riverdale characters, you might want to check that out. I got a new comic in the Archie Horror line the other day. It was an after... Not an afterlife with Archie. It was... I cannot recall the exact title. It was a one-shot, and in it... Jughead is, in fact, a werewolf. And I like this. Jughead was... Jughead was the werewolf, and Betty was the werewolf hunter. It turns out that all through time, Coopers have hunted Joneses. Joneses have always been werewolves, and Coopers have always been werewolf hunters. So the whole time, she was playing, you know, the nice, prim, proper, super polite Betty that we all know and love. She was, in fact, secretly a werewolf hunter in disguise. It was, it was called Jughead the Hunger, I think. I, I like that. I like the Archie horror lines. They're going to be coming out with a Sabrina the Teenage Witch once shot too. I, I like the chilling tales of Sabrina. The whole, the whole line is great. I was thinking about this too. Wouldn't it be cool if they did like a few seasons of Riverdale, like three or four seasons to get you really familiar with the characters like you aren't already. And then... As the show started to get a bit tiresome, what if you swung the whole thing into Afterlife with Archie? Wouldn't that be dope if all of a sudden it became a zombie show? It became the comic that we all know and love. I think that zombie movies are cool, but one thing that's always lacking in them is the connection to the characters. The movies often start with the zombie apocalypse, so you don't have a lot of time to get to know these people like... I was telling the old wife, if I ever got the chance to write a TV show, like, I would do it like this. I would make, like, a hospital show where the doctors and the nurses are the stars, like ER, and I would do it for a few seasons, and all of a sudden, I would flip the script, and there would be, like, an alien invasion, and it would become, like, an alien invasion show. And it would be dope because you would have a connection with the characters already, the people who are getting threatened, the people who are fighting for their lives against the aliens or the zombies or whatever it happens to be would be people that you knew and loved. And when I told her this idea, she's like, you know, it's almost impossible to get a show on TV and it's almost impossible to get a show to be successful. And your idea is to get a show, make it successful and then change it completely into something else. And I said, yes. Yes, it is. That's my plan. And Riverdale, if you want to steal that plan and do it, I would be more than happy to have you do that. I think that would be fun, even though I, I don't think that that is going to happen. But that uh, Jughead the Hunger was pretty fun. If you see that down at your uh, comic shop, I would recommend picking that up. Oh, we're gonna get out of here. But before we do, I just just got word on Twitter that one of our show patrons, a dude who goes by the name of Tapes from the Crypt, just got married. And I myself, I'm a married dude, so I definitely appreciate the power of the nuptials. And I want to congratulate you on this moment. It's a big, big step in your life, bud, and I hope that you're ready for it, but I'm sure that you are, and I'm sure, sure you are going to have many fun and exciting years of marriage. It is a proud institution and one that I am happy to welcome you into with open arms. But in all serious, man, congratulations. That's awesome that you're getting married, and I am super happy for you, and I am super happy for the support that you've shown us over the years. 
So, that's it. This is me, Icy Robots. Next week, I think we're going to do something fun. This came from a suggestion uh, from my man, Engineer Nerd, who likes to agree to disagree with me about certain things, like Kristen Stewart's uh, eventual Oscar odds. I, I think she's a lock. She's She's young. She's a veteran. She's already a 13-year veteran, and she's only 27 years old. It's only only going to be going up, and I, it just seems inevitable. She's going to have so many years in the game. At some point, she's going to nail a humdinger, and she's going to win an Oscar. So, don't know what to tell you. She's not my favorite actress. It's not like I'm, like, in love with Kristen Stewart or anything. I just, if I had to place a bet, I would definitely place a bet in that sense. As a matter of fact, I did somewhat put my money where my mouth is. I think I've mentioned this. I played this game, Hollywood Stock Exchange, when I was when I was debating with Engineer Nerd the other day about the merits of Kristen Stewart. I went over to Hollywood Stock Exchange to see what her current value was. Her stock was only like $2.39. She doesn't make movies that make a lot of money. She kind of makes movies that seem like they might win her awards and... I said two thirty nine. That's bananas. So I bought twenty thousand shares. That's the maximum that you can buy in a star bond. A star bond is a person. A movie stock is a movie. You can buy a hundred thousand a movie, but only twenty thousand a person. But I, I went all in. I bought the twenty k. So I'm putting my virtual money where my mouth is. My virtual money where my real life mouth is. I was looking at the movies she had upcoming, and she's in like a Lizzie Borden movie with Chloe Seventy that. Maybe good, but I don't know. But then she's in a movie that looks like it has promise. It is a movie called Underwater. Underwater. And it is directed by the dude who did this movie that was this movie called The Signal. It was a sci-fi movie that came out the the other year. So I, I have hope for that. It's her and the girl who played Colleen Wing in uh, Iron Fist. So that should be good. So... Uh, let's get back to the point. I'm going to do an episode next week on Rimco's Sergeant Rock. And that was that was suggested by Engineer Nerd. And that should be a lot of fun. I like Sergeant Rock. I like the toy line. I like I like Rimco. And I like talking about toys. So if you want to reach out to me, hit me up at ICRobots on Twitter or Facebook.com backslash ICRobots. Go on over to support the report. Consider throwing in. And that's about it. This is me, Icy Robots, for Engineer Emily Iceberg, the Ensign over in Pod B. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon. Callisto, this has been an IC Robots radio production.